0: Everything's waiting for you, you just have to believe it's possible. I'm Karen Vaughan, this is the Get Off The Bench podcast and here is where your courageous life starts. Hey guys and welcome back to another week of the Get Off The Bench podcast. Now, this week is a ripper. We're going to be talking about gratitude and all those kind of things, but we're also going to be talking about how you can transform your life and how having a very shitty childhood and um having a lot of thoughts of this life isn't worth living, how that can be turned around and My guest today, Shane, is the absolute epitome of that. And you're going to love his story. Well, it's not a very nice story, but you're going to love the outcome and love the work that he's doing in uh, youth spaces for young people right at the moment. So let me tell you about him. Shane Hood is a highly motivated, compassionate and progressive individual, as well as being highly regarded in the fields of social work, community services and education, as well as youth work, of course. But as a young man, Shane had personal experiences of family violence, addiction, and criminality, which have all contributed to his determination to help and inspire people who are caught in negative cycles to find positive and constructive ways to rebuild their lives. Shane's vision is to transform the misconceptions of the people who are criminalized or marginalized in society by developing new approaches teaching and support methods that create positive social impact. Combining his own lived experience with the support and guidance of other relevant professionals and organisations, Shane has designed and developed dynamic ways of working with people experiencing disadvantage. This has led to dramatic changes in system structures, practitioner experience, and most of all, positive outcomes for people that previously felt disconnected and disempowered. Shane strongly believes that we can all play a part in helping marginalised people rewrite the challenging stories that have kept them trapped in hardship and replace them with powerful narratives that reflect strength, aspiration and hope. Welcome, Shane.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: I'm fantastic. I've been looking forward to this chat. You've got one hell of a story.
1: Yeah, thanks. I'm looking forward to it as well because... Me and you have had some conversations offline from here, and I, I kind of I feel a natural connection anyway. So yeah, all thank right. you for having me.
0: Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. I love your guts, by the way. You're just one of those guys that is just, um, you know, you look at you, you're a mean buddy dude with all your tats, <laughs> but by God, you've got a heart of gold. You know, it just a, a beautiful, beautiful man. And there's so much to share. I mean, this is this is a such a deep interview, this one because. You know, um, I was looking at your, uh, and we'll go into your Johnny Bricks and photos this morning on Instagram and, you know, they're all black and white and you've won some awards and that, but you get this. There's a picture of you sitting on the steps in San Francisco, you know, and you, you got your tats and you look like this dude that, my God, you know, from the hood, uh, funny Shane Hood, you know, and, and I wouldn't mess with this mongrel, you know, but but inside, like that's come from such a hard journey, you know, and, and you've come out the other end and you're just giving so many blessings to the world and I, I love that. It's when there's a background story that comes from real pain, you know, and it brings this amazing I don't know, blessing, amazing blessings to everybody else. You know, I, I don't know. I I'm really attracted to that, so that's what you stand for for me, and uh, I, I adore that in you.
1: Oh, thank you, thank you. I don't, I don't know what to say. I um, <laughs> I'm very no, I'm very taken back, and I appreciate that a lot. Thank you.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. Like that old saying, isn't it? Just say thanks. You know, that's easy.
1: Yeah, so, it's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's true. Awesome. Well, I
0: think you're beautiful. So let's let's um I've I've touched on a couple of things. Let's share your, you know, your story with with uh, my listeners and why why I'm taken by you so much and what you know what you've been through. So like you're doing amazing stuff now in well, in photography and a whole lot of other stuff, but particularly in the youth space and uh, social yeah. work space, and you're really empowering people. And um, but you're not just doing this through some academic textbook kind of theory you know a big block of cures that you got out of a textbook it's heavily entrenched in you know your own experiences and the pain of your own young life and so tell us where you came from and what you went through.
1: Yeah um, where do I start I came from uh, eastern suburbs of Melbourne which is probably not considered uh, the roughest of areas Um, but anyone from in the 90s would know uh, where we came from, which is Ringwood, uh, and especially around Ringwood Station, was pretty rough. Well, not even pretty rough. It was, like, considered the worst train station for crime five years running. And we, as kids, kind of wore that with pride um, <laughs> at the time. But um, uh, where I came from, uh, I grew up actually out that way, but in Croydon um, to, uh my parents and um that that sort of broke down um very early in my life so i was about 10 years old um uh, my dad came out um as gay uh when it was about 1992 uh so uh that was difficult at that time because i i was told you know Uh, by my dad don't say anything to anyone because you'll be ridiculed and you know it's a very different world as everyone knows from the 90s to to now and how it's accepted Um, and it's almost like my life all blew up my dad left Um, my mum already had like very severe mental health issues uh, and was just sort of left um, and I shouldn't say left, like he was in my life, um, but it was really, uh, it, it was just really difficult. Um, so my mum was in an abusive relationship very quickly, uh, within six months of my dad leaving, or like very abusive, like pretty violent, um, relationship. Um, my dad had a lot of issues with addiction, um, very quickly. Um, so, As a young man that was um confusing for me it's like life was okay not perfect but okay like we we didn't have a lot but neither did anybody i grew up around so that was really normal um but uh just for your life to turn upside down uh and that led me to um paths of finding Kids just like me, and that's where I found a lot of kids in oh, I think it's first started. I went to Box Hill High, first started hanging around crowds there, but probably a lot of my um, youth was spent around the Ringwood areas, um, where we developed quite the reputation in those areas. But at the end of the day, we are all just scared kids, you know, from a lot of us from broken homes and um and using our reputation um, or or you know protection, should I say, Um, Shields' as reputation as our currency is all we had. So um, that, you know, I could go on into how that affected my other life, but I guess that's going to be the purpose of the interview. But that's probably a start of um, my story, but it gets um, very complex (laughs) after that.
0: Yeah. And you're, you're, you know, when you said it was, um, your life was okay before that like how did it how did it significantly change because you're only nine or ten or ten when your dad came out and said he was gay and then and you've got all these secrets to contend with and then your mum's being bashed to an inch of a you know inch of a life you know most nights I mean how how does a 10 year old I mean I know you said you know you went to turn to crime and you found guys that were like you kids other kids and how do you how do you manage that as a 10 year old like to shift from well an, an okay life you know you didn't have much but that's still okay Do you, you know like was this was were you just filled with anger or were you filled with hurt or were you filled with what, what, what was the underlying emotion that you felt there
1: yeah I think a bit of a mix of both I, I think I was um uh I was a very sort of timid kid at the start so i don't think i think it was like uh i ended up um putting this persona on that was just you know kind of bullshit, um really but uh i was a very scared kid so the change was it was dramatic but my mum and the issues that i had with my mother were always there so we were like very close but it was really toxic so um, my mum came from a uh very damaged background so her her father grandfather oh sorry her father was involved in the mob like mafia and he was not really around a lot so you know i don't have any connection to the mafia or (laughs) anything like she was that was sort of uh he wasn't really around a lot and her mother had mental health issues so i have a lot of empathy for my mother in the spaces that she was in um but she was quite Uh, vicious as a person like that's a good way to explain like uh, personality is like love but then hate you like and it can happen in the space of 10 minutes like it was very very toxic so that happened earlier on but it almost excelled at that point where i was 10 years old like really really excelled uh you know uh where i was a punching bag a lot of the time you know your dad left because of you, he's gay because of you, he doesn't want to be around because of you. Um, and when you say, how did it affect me? I, I think it affected me a lot, but it actually led to um almost very complex trauma to the point where, um, you know, I'd cry, but then I got to the point where she'd get very angry if I cried. So I got to the point where I entered what people would know back then as a catatonic depression when I was 10 years old. So it sort of meant that, um, I couldn't really cry. (laughs) So, uh, but I was in these days, um, so she could be saying whatever to me and I'd just be sitting there almost like a zombie. Um, and if you can sort of see, that kind of led to being able to create these personas, I guess, because of this, like, thing of not being able to feel anything. Um, um, but, but deep down, I think I did. Um, but it was really complex. I think it was really complex, um, to be honest. Um, and, uh, yeah, so at the same time I say that, I think I'm still a very emotional kid. So it sort of, like, just came up in a range of different ways. I think anger came when I was in my teens, so. though. Mm.
0: Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, hanging out with all those other kids, too, you know, like other kids would be angry and that would excel your anger. And, do you you know, it's funny, isn't it, that they say with kids that they're so resilient, you know, just doesn't matter, you know, whatever that would happens. But I think you're sort of... You know, you're pointing out quite clearly is what we see in a lot of kids, you know, is that they just shut down. And and I think that we're, you know, we're, we're very quick to say, you know, oh, that kid's just quiet or, you know, that kid's just angry or that kid's blah, blah, blah. But there's there's got to be something deep underneath, you know, to... I don't know to 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 a normal healthy kids running around playing and screaming and yeah you know kicking a footy and laughing and all that kind of stuff. So I think when a kid does shut down like that, you've got to really ask. But then you've got to have good parents around you, don't you? To to talk about that.
1: It's, That's it. I constantly say that to people connected to services. I think that. Um, and this is not all and this is not a shot at people, academics or anything like that, because I, I really feel that there's some great, great academics or, you know, people that have gone the education route in, in the youth sector. Um, but there's just a thing that, you know, sometimes when you've got a lived experience where people will be like, oh, you know, they've experienced family violence and blah, 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 and they'll, they'll reel it off like it's, yeah. a, like it's a thing. But you know, um, I can't help but think, you know, I've been that kid sitting in his bedroom listening to my mum being beaten within an inch of her life. Not, you know, it was back in the 90s where the police had come over and they'd say, Oh, hey, mate, go to the go to a motel and sleep it off when you because he was an alcoholic and he mm. drank a lot. I'll sleep it off. Um and you know, I remember hearing conversations of like, did you provoke him? Did you, you know, this or that? Like that was just a very different time, I think. I don't I don't know what it's like now, but to to actually experience it um is very different. So when you see something written on paper, like that's something that somebody has experienced. Mm. And you might be able to read it and you can read whatever book, but you're gonna know nothing compared to the actual experience of sitting in that space so yeah. um you're not going to find that in a textbook you can only be empathetic and, and compassionate um and they're the people i connect with a lot more so not save the world type of people but people that are like compassionate and empathetic um to yeah. experience yeah,
0: yeah. well wow. well thank god we connect because i'm a save the world type of person and i haven't <laughs> I haven't haven't um <laughs> experienced domestic violence. You know, I've came oh. from a very good family, so um, you know, and and I, I I think I took that for granted too. Do you know? I actually didn't didn't even realize how. Um, it actually wasn't until I was in my thirties that that I worked with somebody who said he wasn't going to see his sister for Christmas or something uh, i'm not bloody seeing her and i'm like she's your sister and he said i don't care we haven't spoken for 10 years and it was then it was wasn't until then that i thought i came home and started questioning how is it that people don't speak to other members of their family and it had not occurred to me before i was even in my 30s so you know i i i did not ever take i i wouldn't i always took that for granted just didn't i never understood how lucky how lucky I was never understood it is your mama your mom and dad still alive
1: yeah yeah, yeah um, um I don't me and my mum haven't had any contact unfortunately for a long time so oh, maybe oh, over 10 years I think um and it's really sad now because we can't really um we can't really uh men things now um one i i chose not to have contact because it wasn't healthy so there's a very big difference between healthy and anger like i i wasn't i was angry with her for about a year (laughs) and then after that um you know i don't want to paint an awful picture of her but she's she um as a young so this is what i mean this is where it gets complex <laughs> my mum hustled people for money uh, our entire lives so we we went from different religions like we we went church hopping all the time like i'm i'm not a religious person not that i have a problem with it but um uh, but we'd go church hopping and where and she would just hustle the next person and the next person just lying and making up all of these tales and things like that so that continued to later on where she just manipulate
0: mm. and
1: couldn't stop manipulating. So that's where it's really hard to build a relate have a relationship with somebody that's not constantly manipulating. Yeah that's yeah. how she survived. So I chose to leave her from there, but um, the unfortunate thing is that she's got dementia now um and she's in a uh, a nursing home but between that and she has visits to psych wards and she's like very aggressive but doesn't remember anything doesn't you know it's really sad but if you can sort of see that it's hard to make mend that um when my me and my dad sort of had a big fallout for many years but because he's you know we were able to mend that about a year ago or maybe even Mm. less Um, and you know a big part of it karen is like it's not i don't know if it's about being the bigger person it's actually more around um what healing looks like in a in a journey to healing like um to have that hatred towards people is that it's that old saying you know drinking the poison hoping that your enemy will die you know so i don't want to drink the poison so i think it's about forgiving is more around how do I heal. And I have a four-year-old son. So I I want my son to see me um, as a forgiving person and teach him forgiveness, not bitterness. So my actions, my my son witnesses my actions. So that's a really big deal for me. So um Sure, it can be the bigger person, but I feel, feel like it could be bigger than that, even.
0: I think it's you're, you're being the person that's putting the stop in the, you know, the cog in the wheel, you know, you know the whatever they say, they're putting the cog in the spoke. I can't think what the proper word is, but, you know, the saying is, but it's like, you know, they talk about generational issues you know that it keeps going once something goes down three generations you can barely change it so when somebody like you sort of steps in and says no I I want to change this you know I want future generations to experience something different that takes a lot of strength you you know it's you can play that down and say oh no it's just I just want to you know but it, it actually does take a lot of strength to move from you know a place of shittiness a real place and deserved shittiness you know it's not like just oh I'm fucking angry do you you know it's like it's 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 there for a reason Mm -hmm. to move through that is is um massive and you know and you and and I know that you've got your wife your partner and your I think I don't know if she's your wife but she's your partner whatever beautiful beautiful woman and and you're um you know and your boy and you know there's a time when you and you've said it yourself to you look at them and you think. The, 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 you know which life do i want like do i want that life of hatred and anger or do i want this life of love and you know bringing goodness to the world and you know thank god you chose it because you know moving moving further into our interview <laughs> and on all the great things you do you know like you're doing some um you're doing incredible work in the youth space and everything else and i and i you could have been in jail.
1: Mm. That, that's oh, absolutely, very that's easy cool. <laughs> i almost ended up in jail a whole bunch of times yeah so, and, you,
0: uh, and you could have ended up an angry bitter person that was never going to be reformed and you know and and you you didn't so you know there's so many kids out there that are um you know benefiting from you and and I like and the fact that you've got a good relationship with them as in a good empathy you know you truly understand where they're at and so like when you're a teenager you contemplated um, not not contemplated once every single day constantly contemplated you know taking your own life and you know you you planned every day how can I do this how can I do this how can I do this which is you know, understandable for having all that pain you know i just want to yeah. end it and 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 not knowing any other way to back then you didn't know how to do what you're doing now you know and find find other ways to do it so i have a question though that is yeah. you know that i wish more people would ask so that we could understand youth suicide a little bit better is it why didn't you
1: um i you know that's a hard question i i i don't I don't know i always had people in my corner saying that i could probably do something good or better in my life Mm. like i had people in my corner and i mean they're the people that you wouldn't expect so they're not people that you think i had all these good people in my life telling me but i call them good people but a lot of them were people that were in and out of prison um, people that were I think they're good people, like, and they put me on the right track. There's mm. some people that did that that put me on the right track that are from, yeah, not places you'd, you'd imagine, but, um, uh, I can't tell you I know because truth be told, it went well into my adult years um, well into my adult years to the point where I'm 39 now and it went all the way up to, you know, I think my big turning point was like 2017, I think, I think was probably the big turning point. Um, but I was a bit of a mess all the way through. So what kept me going, I, I, I really don't know. It's almost like um, uh, I have this, this is probably the best way to explain it. <laughs> um, not being a religious person. I had a extreme anxiety around fear of death um so real extreme but it was like uh so I had panic disorder and you know very you know eight to ten panic attacks a day and that was around fear of death but then when I'd fall into depression I had what was then called I think they don't use the term anymore but catatonic depression so it's almost like um yeah, I split personality so if I went into depression, there was a complete acceptance of death, and there was a complete—I um, I could sit in my bedroom staring at the ceiling. This is very common for mm. six hours, rerunning suicide tapes in my head. You know, um, and uh, and that was a common occurrence, even what right through to my adult years. Um, and I thought it was just going to be forever. You know, panic attack, yeah. depression panic attack, depression, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, uh, the turning point came later, um, mm. in my life. So, um, and I would say it was probably the, um, having a son that was probably one of the big things I say having a son because the birth of my son, I don't think I completely was, that wasn't. know it's not a hollywood movie that wasn't like the turning point my son was born and then my life changed so i think about nine months down the track my life changed um and i write this on my website it was just a point of like because i had a lot of addiction all the way through like i was um uh smoking weed every day um on the weekends chasing every drug I could find. Um, I was one of those people that would, when I'd get drunk, as soon as I'd get drunk, I'd be chasing other drugs. Um, so that was like a cycle of every week that would be it. Um, and it was the only thing that would tame the anxiety, but then make it worse. Like when I was, when I get up in the morning. So it was just like this wild journey. So, I think it was just this, maybe it was this panic disorder that kind of saved my life, but it's not like this, like it all saved my, say, kept me, preserved me to, to getting me to this point. But that's like the honest answer, I think. Um,
0: wow.
1: I'd love to say that it was something else, but what I can say is I feel like the turning point that I had could have happen earlier in people's lives and i feel like it can happen earlier in young people's lives um, than it did in mine because i i literally just didn't i wasn't aware of these tools and things that i could do um i just wasn't aware of it um, and i think if i was made aware of it earlier i think things would have changed
0: well wow. well the um the perfect segue into the next bit um because you now provide tools, <laughs> you know, yeah. for for young people, and that that's part of what you do. So, I, I don't want to miss anything, but you're doing um, you've got a few things going on. You've got your consultancy consultancy and training, where you you know uh, train workers in in the youth space or or in social spaces social workspace but you've also got wounds and wisdom which is your um you know your your training and workshops and you've got your cuts avenue films which you know brings to life all these stories i'm not really telling people about them because i want you to tell people about them but and you also do your um johnny brixton photography which is your personal personal side thing you know where you do it and you've won awards for your black and white photography and, and these um you know when, when we so people might be listening and think well what's this got to do with get off the bench but <laughs> you've got off the bench in so many ways like once you sort of hit that once you sort of, um, uh, you know, I know you're working in that space already, but still taking drugs at the same time and still thinking about suicide at the same time. But once you sort of kicked in and went, Hey, I could do this in a much better way and I can do this for myself and I can bring massive change to the world. You know, you really got off on the off the bench in a big way, you know, and, and started to yeah. say, well, h- how can I in so many ways, you know, you know, bring healing and change to young people. So Tell us about some of them and like what 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 was the um, I don't know what what was the epiphany that you suddenly did that that you suddenly went oh, I could do this for myself and I could bring the, and I've got the answer. I'm not saying that you have the answer entirely because it's always a combination of answers that sure. helps mm-hmm. people. But what what happened that made you think I'm gonna do and then tell us about these things.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so I think like I said in 2007. So I was a you know i worked in the music industry for about 10 years and like lots of you know there's lots of drugs and lots of crazy stuff there and i worked as a um that led me to actually teaching um, music and music business and then that uh, you know there's segues that led me to that to to youth work which is kind of my big passion because of where i'm from um but i think one of the big things and a lot of people with um, lived experience it is know this is it's called the work. Um, So everybody's got their own work. Uh, I I didn't do the work earlier on and I was a youth worker that, you know, knew how to connect with young people and knew how to build engagement really quickly um, with young people and that was a skill. Um, But because I hadn't done the work myself, um, and I, of course, talk about my own journey. I don't, I'm not saying that everybody has to do this, but, I was a, just a big believer in myself that if I'm not doing this work, how am I telling young people to do this? I was mm-hmm. had young people and then I'd go take drugs on weekends and then do with this, you know, um, uh, smoke copious amounts of weed every day. Not saying that there's anything wrong with anybody doing recreational mm-hmm. small things or whatever, as long as it's like harm minimization approach. But like uh, I was an excessive Um, really really excessive and uh honestly it was just one night um it sounds funny because it was literally one night I was really drunk and I was like this is it this is the end I'm a fraud I'm doing all this stuff with young people I don't think any of them would have called me a fraud but I certainly felt that way Mm. um and I was like this is it like I've got a, a son that i you know i'm not gonna be able to be a good father um you know this is just you know my existence is bullshit. which i i, I don't think now <laughs> like mm-hmm. i felt that way at the time um and i started painting a suicide note um which was really interesting um because that that, that night that i was drunk i kind of did this um personality test or something it was like a I like, it was something like some big test i think it's called ipip or something anyway it revealed that i wasn't really good at anything i was pretty shit in a lot of spaces in my life and it kind of just made me just go oh well i'm shit started writing this note and then i just had this epiphany um <laughs> and it was um why am i hating the kid that went through all of this pain like the reason why i'm in pain is because this kid was in pain that didn't deserve to be in those spaces and did nothing wrong and maybe people had told me that in the past but i needed to tell myself Um, and i had this epiphany of like i need to start healing this kid I actually need to start sitting next to this kid and and walking with this kid to healing and saying, it's not your fault. It's that you, it's it's, none of this is your fault. Um, You can do great things. Like I say to young people Mm. (laughs) that I work with, I said it, but I wasn't experiencing it myself. And that led me to this, incredible journey of like i could say like the past five years or so like i am 100 like i can tell you i i don't experience depression like i get sad like a person does or you know anxious or whatever but i don't experience any of those thoughts or any of those thoughts anymore in my life um because my commitment to healing is that strong um and uh here being healed i wouldn't say i'm healed um but i'm but you know i very committed to that space uh and of course i don't know if you've heard that whole idea of the hero's journey like you go down in the into the pit and then you come up with all of these things and you claw your way up the pit and you learn new things and you learn that you're strong and you learn this and you get this tool and this kind of works and you're crawling your way up. And while I was crawling my way up, I was sharing bits and pieces with my mates that were going through tough times, going, man, this thing like like I'd say things like, oh, fuck, I fucking wrote this. I wrote this thing about healing myself. I wrote it from a space of like um like someone that gave a shit about me instead of someone that doesn't give a shit about me. You should give it a go. And then they'd try it and they're like oh yeah bro that really worked and then i was like, oh, that's kind of cool. So then I started doing that with some young people as I was crawling my way up. But then when you get to the top, um, and when I say the top, I don't mean top being healed and perfect. I'm saying you, you you get to this space where you have all these experiences. Well, you want to share it. And, and I think it's an obligation to share it um, because what you've learned becomes bigger than you and your experience so it's now like the tools that i create are not sure the tools i've used but they're an extension of things that i've used but then now that they've been used in lots of um, social work services and youth work services and they're spread out right across and it makes me really proud and i get very um taken back by the stories because then like i said it's bigger than me so it's not my story anymore it's everybody's story um so some of those things are uh, created a website wounds and wisdom uh which is uh video videos resources pretty much all the stuff i've learned and learned from other people uh learned from things i've read i i've I read you know one to two books a month. Um learning, learning, learning. Uh so I like to share stuff like that. Um and then just tools that people can actually use. Um so that's kind of like a resource for people that, um experience disadvantage um or you know just going through tough times. Uh, and then also I train organizations in a coaching approach. So I've kind of done lots of coaching work for the you know the last five years with youth work services so i do it in coaching work in out-of-home care in you know young people um, connected to justice um in you know very complex environments so i train youth workers in how to how to open up intrinsic motivation in people that experience uh, great disadvantage um so i'm very proud of that and and doing that work because it's just again it's a i think like as a fellow myself i needed people to believe in me and i didn't really have that um so i want to be in every you know if if some of my work can get in every kid's corner and encourage people to really sit in the corner through the tough shit and build that um, intrinsic motivation in young people and i'm very proud to be a part of that So I kind of do that and then lots of work in organizations. Um, I recently released a tool called the 311. This is something that I've been doing for the last three years uh, where every day I write three things I'm grateful for, one thing that I'll do for myself and one thing that I'll do for someone else. I do that every single day. That's like been an instrumental part of my healing. Um, I've shared that with lots of my mates, they, they've started to do it. Then right across, um, youth services and and social work services. A lot of them are doing a lot of people are doing in their teams, doing the work with young people. And it's been just a really simple tool. Um, so that inspired me to create a journal. Um, but if I'm going to be really honest, Karen, I, you know this, that you actually were a part of <laughs> the inspiration for creating a journal because you started writing books and me and you had a conversation and I was like, man, you know, I've been told by a lot of people that I want that they want to build this 311 into something. Um, and then when I spoke to you, you were like, you should start a book, you should write a book, you should put a book together. And I was like, oh, maybe I could um write something and then i was like actually a 311 journal like i'm i might actually do that it's my first one and then i remember telling you and you were like go for it you should totally do that <laughs> and um so that was really encouraging so um i actually have created it so that's <laughs> really a and, cool. book. and this is a bit of a celebration for you as well because yeah. you, you're part of this um <laughs> so yeah so there's lots of um so it's a daily three one one with um, lots of tools and um uh personal development sort of exercises um but i don't put in anything that i haven't done or i or i don't do so every single thing in there i've done and it's been tried and tested across uh, a lot of my mates as well which are like which is funny is research you know like but my mates are an eclectic bunch people from out of prison people that are like all people doing really great things um but it's been tested with a range of different people my niece does it every day so you know that's kind of cool and um yeah so yeah long-winded way of getting there but that's kind of how how it really evolved and i just want to keep doing it hey i just want to keep serving and um and making this um leading with my story but then um encouraging others to to do the same thing and do amazing things because um the truth is you just can doesn't matter where you're from like whatever your experience you have like um it's not i don't say that just because of my story i literally have the privilege of watching young people achieve incredible things all the time so um, I see it happen with my own two eyes.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. I'm a hundred percent with you. And I think, you know, I hear a lot of people with my work with get off the bench, you know, people say, um, Oh, I can't, you know, I've got this barrier and I've got that barrier and, you know, I'm not, I'm not smart enough, you know, I've got this, but it's, that's just, they're just why they're just excuses for the fear, you know? And yeah. I think that every single one of us has got something in us, that someone else needs you know and we've we've got to step forward so i agree with you 100 percent. i love that you did the journal i i i saw the um when you when you first uh put it out i saw the video on linkedin and i was like you bloody ripper that is so fantastic <laughs> and and you are so proud of it and i just i just love absolutely love seeing that and i've seen quite a few comments on there you know people that have bought it you know yeah. and and they've said this is fantastic and so i'm yes I'm I'm happy it gives me a buzz when you know when I inspire something but I mean I don't think it was me anyway I think you had it in you you just needed someone to push you over the edge and do the bloody thing but um it's 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 awesome so should people do that in the morning or at night like so should they set themselves up for the day or sure. should they finish their day with it
1: okay so that yeah that's a common question so uh either either is what I I'd say so I i personally switch from here to there so in the actual journal it actually says um three things i'm grateful for one thing i'll do or did for myself yeah to feel strong uh one thing i'll do or did for someone else awesome. so so the idea of it is it's however you set up like if you go i want to plan to do things in the morning um to do it or i want to uh, you know to say this is what i'm grateful for. for the- you know in general uh this is what i i want to do today for myself this is what i want to do for someone else or at the end of the day you can do or have it as a reflection space but the whole idea of it is to find the small stuff it's not like not being i know it sounds funny to say but to say you appreciate your friends and family, that'll get old very quickly. Yeah. You know, those typical things, roof over my head, all that kind of yeah. stuff. That gets really old quickly. And plus, that's not a lot of the situations of people that I work with. They're not some of them aren't as lucky and fortunate to have that. And I don't think that's actually what gratitude and doing doing those small deeds is about. It's about noticing. So examples are you might eat a cupcake. And go that's fucking delicious i want to i'm going to write that down yeah. um, and be grateful for that or you might be walking down the street and i don't know some people um, might be able to relate to this but you feel the breeze on your face and you have this space of feeling centered and then you might go back into chaotic thought again but that little moment write it down yeah. you know those little things um doing things for yourself can be little things for other people can be you know send your mate a text how you're holding up you know writing a comment on social media that's kind to somebody it's it doesn't have to be massive things it's actually like the accumulation of building all of these things um that uh you know I, i can literally guarantee after a year if you do this every day you will you will change as a person i've i've experienced it myself and i've not had a person that i've worked with do this and i've got a, so many people have been doing it for the same amount or similar amount of time none of them have stopped and all of them have come back and just said wow man like i got a fellow i'm mates with and he's like man my marriage has changed off the back of it He goes, i wasn't appreciating my family and you mm. know things like that so it's yeah. sort of like oh maybe not appreciating but not um, not being present with my family and and things like that. And I shared with him that that's been the same experience for me. Like I feel very close to my family. Um, but, yeah, it just brings a different um, perspective on life, just this little simple thing. So, yeah, I'm pretty oh, proud well, of and I just want everyone to do it. <laughs> oh, absolutely.
0: <laughs> so, well, I love it. And I think, um you know, you're talking about the the breeze on your face and stuff like that and just and stopping in that moment to appreciate yeah. it. I think you know it's kind of like, oh I wow, are three things? But the truth is that maybe a hundred things happen to us every single yes. day, and we're just we're just not stopping enough to be grateful for it. And I think gratitude's a bloody gratitude's one of those things that sounds simple, um, but it's not simple. Do you know, we yes. we we reluctantly. We say I should be more grateful, but then we don't, you know, and it's just such a bitch of a thing, you know. We don't do it. And I'm gonna flog your your journal in the sense that it there's <laughs> there's something quite special though, about using a tool that somebody has developed with this genuine genuine love and genuine gratitude and genuine heart and and a genuine sort of I want to put that vibration out into the world and when you're using that tool not only is it easy to find and it's something that makes you go back to it's like starting a habit you know that you you habitually find this book the the, your energy will be in that journal you, you know and your 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 love for gratitude will be in that journal and yeah, it's making me teary thinking about it you know I, I think that's the blessing in actually having the journal in your hands now look at me i'm a cry baby i suck at nearly every podcast but um to me to me that's why people should get that book you know have it in their hands because it holds your energy and your love for gratitude which transfers to them i think that's special you know i think that's important so yeah
1: I, thank you. Thank you. And it's, and the truth is, Karen, I, it's because I am grateful now Well, mm. grateful for everything. So people, I'm now the people, it's funny, I look at, I'm now the people that I always saw, you know, I'd be at the train station watching people go to work and it's like they were aliens, you know, I was yeah. like, Man, <laughs> that, and like, you're going to work, you're doing this or that. And we're like scheming for the next whatever to do. Yeah. And, uh and now being at the other side but being but wearing where i'm from with pride and um i kind of call like it's almost like a uh you know a real version of gratitude like real deal no fluffy bullshit you know like and that's the thing that i'm um very proud of and i appreciate that so much that you say that and i'm really glad uh that yeah that you feel that way because it it means a lot to me and i can honestly say this little thing saved my ass <laughs> you know yeah. like this little yeah. tool um and i thought gratitude if you were to ask me before doing this i thought it was corny i thought it was cheesy like i saw people oh, i'm grateful for this or, i'm grateful for that and like writing it online and doing all of that and i thought oh yeah whatever but um, there's something about yeah writing it down and it's private to you. It's a special moment. you um really cool. Hundred so-
0: percent. And I agree with you. When writing things down is um you know just is, is the bee's knees as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. In all my workshops, I get people to to write. You know and 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 draw. I love getting draw. them. Yeah. And I use colored textures all the time in all my workshops. I want people to write in color and you know and and just let their right brain go for it so i agree something happens when you when you write but now shane i had other questions but we've, we've run out of time and i just think that this has been the most beautiful conversation i absolutely love you and you know that and i've told you that and i i just think you know i i just wish more i wish more people would that have been through your um type of life you know would come out and, and with such a beautiful such beautiful love and some some of them can't i get it but but i hope that you touch enough that can you know and they bring some amazing goodness into the world like you have i i just think i think you're just absolutely wonderful and i'm so thankful for andy for introducing us at some point i don't know i just you two should you should connect but i think you absolutely beautiful your heart is just it it touches me so deeply so thank you but I haven't finished yet I have to ask you my get off the bench question
1: oh Uh, no no absolutely absolutely. (laughs) I I, can I say thank you Karen for giving me this opportunity like uh just to uh have a real conversation because I think from the moment I met you it's always been real um from you as well and I just appreciate the opportunity to be, you know, real and accepted. You know, because sometimes people see these stories as challenging. They're like, "Oh, you did crime, or you did that." Mm. I'm like, "Yeah, it's like, yeah. like it's fine." Um, you know, it's that's um, you. You can meet a lot of great people that that, that grow from those spaces. Um, but uh, I also think you've had an incredible journey, and you do incredible work and um, going on your website and the amount of people you connect with and uh, in such meaningful ways, uh, it's just a real privilege to be asked to, to be on your podcast. So thank mm. you.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. It's, it's 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 a hard lesson learning. I can say it easily now, thank you. But, gee, that took me a long time to be able to, you know, say thank you to people. But I genuinely thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank I would and I and I wouldn't overlook you. I can tell you. It took us a while to bloody organise this. But anyway, <laughs> my my get off the bench question. Um, yeah. what, what advice would you give to anybody connected to young people? So youth workers and social workers or, or, or parents who are doing it really tough. So young people who are doing it really tough. What what advice would you give them that might help them to communicate to that person that there is hope? and to encourage them to go after their dream. So anyone who can influence a young person doing it tough. Uh,
1: so one, I think you, you need to model that as a, mm. as a person yourself. Um, you don't have to be perfect, but you need to model it. So it's, in, it's not just what you say, it's how you say it. You know, young mm. people are very smart. They're very intelligent. They, they can call bullshit very quickly. Um, so you doing some of that work yourself, um, is probably one big thing, but in order to help people, I think, um, uh, first of all, unconditionally believe in people. Mm. Uh, I say that really, really intentionally because, uh, believing in people can be hard, especially when they don't, um, you know they don't rise to the occasion because of a range of different mm. situations but it can be hard uh, so unconditionally believing in people and modeling that belief so um, especially when they don't believe in themselves is a really big thing um but that's challenging. That's what I'm saying. It's a very challenging space. So if a young person keeps challenging you and like, no, 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 I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that, you have to hold it then. It's not when it's awesome. It's actually when it's yeah. tough and you're in the trenches. That's when you need to model mm. belief. Um, and I think the other thing is is um, listen deeply, yeah. um, Is so actively listen uh we often become problem solvers very quickly we go into uh what's called like a level one of listening and it is an actual active listening model but like uh i I live by um the lowest form of listening is like having a conversation with yourself and with the other person
0: um,
1: at the same time Um, Mm -hmm. you've got to quiet that voice down and like really go in um, and listen to um, the person deeply um that will lead you to a great amount of results um young people want to be heard and listened to and they're often surprised when you ext- you yeah. listen deeply um and uh what else i would say that um provide them with basic tools, things that they can use um, basic tools like I'm not plugging I've got lots on my website like lots of basic tools.
0: No plug um, it
1: yeah yeah no it's so like, yeah if I've got on wounds and wisdom there's lots of tools um, on there but there's but the reason why I say tools is because it's it's about when you're working with a young person you're not um, working with them forever so what you leave them with is the most important thing yeah. so tools and how to navigate tough situations or how to navigate really great situations is really important and keeping those tools really simple so mm. um on my website I've got goal-setting tools things like that mm. planners all of that kind of stuff that young people can walk away with yeah. so if you're not around anymore they've got some tools and things that they can actually use um, so being practical in that way so they're probably the main things that i would say yeah. um, to when you're working with a young person in a in a tough space because you can say you believe in young people and what they like in terms of saying it to them you can achieve what you want you can achieve what but that gets old really quickly with a young person until you sort of get down and go i actually believe in you and i believe in you this much that we're actually going to go do this and these are the things that we're going to do. And you, you know, even when you're pushing back, um, I'm going to be in your corner when you push back. Um, and, uh, and that's probably the big thing being in their corner. That's probably really the sums it right up, but being in their corner, um, no matter what, um, Mm. it's probably the biggest thing. So there's a couple of things there, but I think they're pretty essential.
0: Yeah. Now a lot of good advice. I used to work in dis- in disability and t- train people to work in disability. And one thing I used to say to them is what you've said: empower people so much that when you walk away, you know, that you can walk away and they don't need you anymore. You know, and it's yeah. the same same sort of um, thing you're talking about there. And, and when I'm saying yes, plug your website. Um, it, it's not about oh, you know, this is a shameless plug, and I've got on you on here to promote you. It's not that. It's you know, someone gave me a big serve last week and gave me real good, actually a real punch in the ribs not a poke saying that if you don't sell yourself if you don't tell people what you offer you're actually you're actually doing them a disservice you, you, you they're missing out you know like and I do a lot of team building you know and I, I someone said to me tell people you do that because there are teams that are trying to come back now and they're really struggling so it's it's we have to you, you know, you've got great tools out there that, that are going to save people's lives so you know I, I think we have to just shamelessly step up to the plate and say well look I've created this, and, and here they are, and I really want you to I really want you to utilize them so. Yeah. So yeah. on yeah. that, <laughs> I, I where can people find you? Because before you answer, because I want people to find you, and I want people to who work with youth or in in social work um, organizations and all that. So I want them to get you. I want them to get you in for consulting because you know what you're talking about. You do it. You're the real deal. You do it from a really raw space and an honest space and an experienced but space. Yes, I want people to come and find you. I I do. So where's the best place for them to connect with you? Uh,
1: the best place to connect with me would be my website. So shanehood.com.au. Uh, so my name's spelt with a Y. You'll probably see it. S-H-A-Y-N-E, hood.com.au. And that sort of sends you to, it's almost sends you into a portal of the things that I do. So um, yeah. Coaching and consulting. So I do lots of work in that space. Um uh, the wounds and wisdom space, I do some uh a little bit of one-on-one coaching, but um it's mainly there to create tools for people who experience disadvantage. Um and the and Cuts Avenue, which is uh, I do lots of filmmaking. Um I've been doing that for about 10 years. So Uh, it sort of sends you into that portal. Uh, the other thing that I post quite a lot on LinkedIn, uh, I've got to get better on some of my other social media, but LinkedIn is probably one of my main ones. Um, so you can catch me there at Shane Hood on LinkedIn.
0: Yep. And I'll put all the links in the show notes so that people can get to you. And by the way, Cuts Avenue, we are just talking about it. It's uh, everyone thinks it's cuts like as in cut the film, but no, it's the avenue that Shane and all his naughty friends used to run into to run away from the police in Ringwood, <laughs> and you can look it up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's true, it's true. we will just talking about it. People always said that to me. They're like, "Oh, cut like film," and I'm like, mm, "Not quite." <laughs> it's not exactly. Yeah, in Croydon, was, yeah, the little street called Cuts Avenue that we used to run through. I think it's called Melbourne College now, but it used to be called Maroondah Secondary. We'd run through the school and everybody would be like, run down Cuts, run down Cuts, and then we run down Cuts Avenue, which is a funny name because it's like a shortcut to get to Burnt Bridge. So it's kind of, <laughs> um, yeah, so that's where it comes from. So my friends that grew up with me find it really funny. <laughs> um, I know exactly what you're talking about when you're saying that.
0: <laughs> well, I think it's funny too, and people people hire people to work with because there's a story, you know, because there's a great story involved. Like and it. people love sharing why I'm working with this person. I'm, I'm working with this person because this is the story about them, and that makes a sense. Brings up a familiarity with other people. I just think I just think it's wonderful, Shane. I've got to go because you've, you awesome. we 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 could talk for three and a half hours because you're yeah, just bloody amazing so thank you so much for coming on thank you so much for sharing your heart and soul and being so vulnerable and so raw and honest and um you know there needs to be more of that in this world and you know i'll say it but it's not going to sound right we need 100 more shanes running around the world but you'll be thinking shit no (laughs) that's bloody dangerous (laughs) what
1: version (laughs) right (laughs) younger version or the yeah no no this one i think yeah yeah, we'll roll with this one no thank you i I appreciate it and what you're doing is an incredible thing I, i i've seen some of your podcasts um it's incredible you've got an incredible energy um and the stories that you're you're putting out to the world is uh is really great and i know how hard you've worked on building this podcast, um, we've talked about it at great lengths. So, um, it's a very big privilege And I've said it before, but it's a really huge privilege to be on this, on the show. So thank you.
0: Oh, thank you, and my absolute pleasure. And I cannot wait now that we're allowed to travel and everything to bloody catch up with you and give you a damn yeah, big totally. hug and have a beer, but not a not a not a um an addictive beer. We'll just have one. How's that sound? Yeah,
1: that's it. That's it. That's a good plan. <laughs> Sounds like a good plan. Awesome.
0: <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Well, thank you so much. Catch you soon. No
1: worries. Bye bye. Well,
0: guys, that was bloody magnificent and I just love Shane's passion about what he's doing now but I love the fact that he's you know open and vulnerable and raw and he's willing to share his story of his childhood and share that you know life's not always fantastic and that he's still going through a process of healing even now and just his turnarounds and the the wonderful things that he's doing for the world now and particularly for youth I'm really serious about you know if you are connected to a some kind of social social work service or a youth service and you and you want to get Shane in please get him in because you know he's really his heart's really in what he does and he would have a massive impact on your organization and the the people that you work to serve, work to serve so I really hope you do that and I also hope that you are as inspired as me to get a hold of the 311 journal and I'm going to put all of the links to his um, places in the show notes but the main one was shanewood.com.au and that's shane with a y so anyway I hope you've loved that and I have loved it and I love having you guys every week and I'm going to sign off here and I will see you next week see ya Hey, thanks for joining me. It really does mean the world to me. Now, if you or somebody you know is doing amazing things, make sure you send me an email to info at au. That's info at getoffthebench.com.au. Otherwise, head on over to my website at kerenvaughan.com and tinker around there a bit and send me a message. Okay, catch you next week.